enter the world of mind your own marketing business, explore a variety of trends in the creative landscape, getting insider knowledge from the industry's best. George is proud to present Mind Your Own Marketing Business with host Joe Barsness. Thanks for joining us on the Mind Your Own Marketing Business Podcast. I'm Joe Barsness from web and mobile development team Fjorge, and today on our show, we'll be talking with Tom Fleurl about his global software company that develops scalable and sustainable SaaS e-commerce platforms, including Artify Labs and Znode. He's from Omla Commerce. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks, Joe. Nice to be here. Yeah. All right. As always... Um, I want to get the audience engaged with uh, where you are coming from, where are you located, as well as um, a little bit about your company. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, located in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, actually live a little bit north of Milwaukee in the next county north, and our software company is called Amla Commerce. Uh, Amla Commerce has two products. Amla is actually the parent brand. And we have two products that we market separately, and sometimes they actually uh, work collectively together. One is called Artify Labs, and Artify is an e-commerce product customization software. So some of the use cases for people who may not become or familiar with uh, e-commerce product customization is the ability to, while shopping, to personalize a product, like add a logo, upload and add a logo, or maybe... It, see some real-time embroidery occur on a uniform or a promotional product, things of that nature. And then the other product that we have is Znode. And Znode is an enterprise B2B e-commerce platform. Um, some of the unique things that Znode has from a feature perspective is the ability to easily manage multiple stores. And so we're seeing a lot of success with manufacturers and distributors that need to run maybe different parts of their business from a direct-to-consumer to a B2B or even some unique business models, and they want to do it off of one platform rather than own multiple e-commerce platforms. Got it. No, that's cool. That's great background on on the company and the software that you guys have. Um, how did you, I know we've known each other for a little bit of time, but how did you end up at Omla Commerce? Like what has been your path to to be where you are today? Yeah, that's a boy. That's a long story, but um, <laughs> yeah, we have known each other for a while, Joe. And uh, as you know, I mean, I came from the digital agency space. So my career, I've always bounced between technology. My very first job out of college, I was working in technology, and then I moved into media and advertising, and then I bounced back to technology, and then I moved to advertising again. And as I was growing more and more in the advertising agency space digital became more and more relevant and eventually e-commerce became more and more relevant and my background in starting in technology and bouncing back and forth just really led me to my last job being in a digital agency that focused on e-commerce and um, it was kind of it was happenstance that I ended up meeting the CEO of Amla Commerce Rupesh Agrawal uh, for lunch one day on a completely different subject and as we were wrapping up lunch he said hey I have a software company and we're going to go to market with it and grow it fast. And I need somebody to run sales and marketing. Do you want to come join me? And, and here I am. Got it. Yeah. So you're leading the sales and marketing teams, correct? Yeah. Basically uh, sales, marketing and account management all, all report into me. Got it. Great. No, what a great opportunity to kind of use your history and, and 
and and try and grow a company super fast. I know you guys have been doing great, so that's really cool. Um, talk to me, like, I know you've got a ton of experience. You get to work with some cool brands. What is the, um, you know, what's something really fun, interesting, cool that you've gotten to do over your career? Yeah, so I think it's a great, great question too. And, you know, I, I, so many people have so many different things that happen over a career. And so it's always hard to, to say what's the coolest thing. But I would say from an experience standpoint, one of the things that I've been able to do in my previous job as well as in this job is spend time in the outdoor category. And so there's a trade show called Outdoor Retailer. And the trade show used to be in Utah. It's now headquartered in Denver. But it's where all of the big name brands in the outdoor and active lifestyle space go and rep their products. And then independent retailers come to that show and they they basically place orders for the products and, and look at the products that they're going to put on their shelves. And um, I've spoken at that show, I think, a total of 14 times now. Don't hold me to that. But I've been a featured speaker at the show many times. And currently with Artify and Zenode, we have a number of customers that are in that in that category because some of the bigger brands now are offering co-branded merchandise where a company can buy, for example, a Patagonia jacket and then put their logo on that jacket, uh, the logo of their company, and have that embroidered on the jacket. And so Artify powers that and is being widely adapted in that, that category, that outdoor and active lifestyle category. And then we also have some customers that see Artify and tell us that they need a better e-commerce platform. And there you go. Zenote is right there to support them as well. So got it. That's it's, it's a, a long story. But being able to hang out at Outdoor Retailer and, and work in that category is such a unique opportunity because the people are just wonderful. They care a lot about the environment. Um, they make great products. You know, there's, it's just a nice vibe to work in that category. Got it. Great. What, um, you know, we don't do a ton of talking to software platforms uh, or organizations on this uh, show. So I want to hit some, some kind of basic things like what, what are you doing from a, on a day-to-day basis and, and how does somebody like be effective in your role? Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, day-to-day changes. It's, so having the responsibility of managing marketing, account management, and new business sales. There's a lot going on. I tend to work more directly with new business and marketing than I do with account management because account management really is about uh, taking care of our current customers, renewals, managing the licenses, which is extremely important. Um, But it's a little bit more hands-off from my perspective, and I have some really good coworkers that support that area and make sure those those uh, tasks are being done very well and that our customers are taken care of and are happy. So I focus more of my day on things that bring new business in the door, such as marketing and working with our marketing team on how we're going to drive lead generation, which today tends to be focused on digital strategies and content marketing. I also work with partners, um, which are typically digital agencies and systems integrators like Fjord. And we work with partners on co-marketing. Oftentimes we'll bring inbound leads that we have to partners or partners will bring us into an opportunity to work with them on on, uh, selling our software and implementing the software on behalf of their customers. So 
and then I have a sales team that helps with all of those, you know, sales and a marketing team that help with coordinating and organizing all those actions as, as well. So I'm typically bouncing from meeting to meeting and coaching and helping um, my coworkers in those two domains primarily. Got it. Yeah. No. Awesome. And in in your world, you know, there's certainly some preconceived notions about what software sales is, and maybe even gets a bad reputation sometimes. Um, what are what do you feel like the the myths or, or misconceptions are in in that space? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I, I guess there's twofold there. Um, software sales does have a bad reputation, and I think it's been it's well deserved in some cases. Software sales has very much uh, in the past, in my experience, has very been very transactional. We don't sell our software that way. We're very committed to long-term customer relationships and making sure that our our partners that implement are very successful and well-trained. But I think the biggest misconception in the software market right now is is largely that if you look at some of the analyst reports, whether it's Forrester or Gartner, for example, typically they focus on some of the bigger software platforms that have been around for a while in our household names and software. And I don't want to pick on anyone, but I'll use Oracle, for example, which is a very well-known established business. But the misconception that that brings about is that a household name with an older platform is a smarter move. And from my perspective, in a world where um, basically innovation is increasing at a, you know, very rapidly, buying software to gain a competitive advantage in business, you don't necessarily want to go with the old, uh, the old platform that's a little bit slower um, and, and maybe just doesn't have as much flexibility. Maybe it's not an API-first software. And I, I equate it to other industries as well. Like a lot of the software platforms that are covered would be more of a, a comfortable purchase like a, an Oldsmobile <laughs> or, or a Mercury, whereas companies really should be looking at gaining a competitive advantage by buying a Tesla. And the way that the analysts structure the criteria to be covered is largely based upon company revenue. And sure. that's why companies like Oracle are in those, those reports, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's a smarter move for companies or a better strategic move. Got it. So let's talk a little bit about e-commerce. And I know your world is, is quite heavy in B2B. And that world has, you know, I don't know what the word is, but it's it's been on fire, I guess, in the last six months. As as you know, we we do some e-commerce builds and 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 we've had lots of requests for updates to current systems and or uh, businesses who sell B2B thinking more about having a storefront. And I think that, you know, you probably have seen that as well. So just talk to me about where B2B e-commerce is headed. Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, what's happened with COVID is certainly COVID has been an accelerator of it seems like all trends in the economy and certainly the ability to order online and the desire to order online has increased rapidly. Um, I actually saw a stat recently and, and don't quote me on this, but it was something like 
if you looked at the trend line of B2B e-commerce adoption, the trend accelerated at a 10-year rate in the four months during the shutdown and just after the shutdown during coronavirus or during COVID-19. So, you know, what we're seeing is basically that consumer trend of people wanting to buy online and having a great shopping experience is just being extended into B2B. And that, that's a couple different things. It could be, it could be a B2B buyer who maybe is um, a contractor, an electrician, or a plumber. And rather than driving into a distributor's uh, uh, warehouse or, or uh, distribution center and shopping for the order, placing the order in the morning and waiting for it to load up their truck, they just want to go into their mobile phone at night and they want to pick all of their products and they want to pull up and basically have their truck loaded in two minutes and get to the job site right away. So there's a lot of efficiency and that's a one B2B example, but another B2B example might be that distributor who's selling those products. They want to log into the manufacturer's site and they want to be able to manage all of their inventory and orders without having to talk to one of the inside sales reps at a manufacturing company. And so there's certainly like the customer experience side of it and, and the adoption aspect of it to it. But there's also just efficiency for everyone. Mm-hmm. Manufacturers don't have to have as many inside salespeople employed, or maybe they're reallocating them to be product specialists rather than order takers. And the same is true for distributors. They can now have their salespeople be strategic product experts rather than spending time simply taking transactional orders by phone or at the counter in the DC. Yeah. And it, it it certainly makes sense from my perspective. Like a lot of times B2B folks are ordering the same thing over and over because it's something that needs to go into their product or whatever it is. And, um, you know, I, it's way faster to just put in the part number on the company's website and hit order 5,000 than it is to try and get a hold of your account rep and tell them that you need 5,000, send a paperwork back for signature, and and then the order goes through, you know, two days later. So there's also just some like, you know, ease of use and even more, maybe even more like you're doing all of those steps in five seconds, you know, reorder last order or whatever it is. There's definitely some, some things there that make it simpler for a B2B purchaser to order. Just like that has been going on for B2C for a while. Absolutely. And most B2B buyers know what they want. So to your point, it's, it's, it really is about efficiency and ease. Right, 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 right. So as we as we talk about this B2B world, I know that Znode kind of has a focus on that piece. Um, like how does Znode fit into that e-commerce world? I know you talked about how you're you're growing and there's magic quadrants and and those sorts of things. So like where does Znode fit in and what are the you know talk about your talk about it. Like tell us what it's awesome. Why it's awesome. <laughs> sure. Yeah, it, well, I mean, so when you think about e-commerce and where we're at in the maturity in e-commerce platforms, e-commerce was first adopted um, in the B2C world. Retail was the hot ticket that was buying e-commerce or the hot category that was buying e-commerce platforms. But retail e-commerce is very different than B2B e-commerce. And that's primarily because there's typically one price list, you know, the, the MSRP or 
the minimally advertised price list that is that is sitting in that e-commerce platform. And there's not a lot of data being exchanged between the ERP system and the e-commerce platform. You can cache your pricing and your products in the e-commerce platform and it's pretty simple. So fast forward to 2020 and now B2B e-commerce is very is a very hot topic in a, in a fast growing category. But there's not a lot of B2B e-commerce, true B2B e-commerce platforms in the market. And the distinctions from B2B versus a traditional B2C platform are most B2B e-commerce platforms need to be able to sync with an ERP and pull product information, unique pricing lists, because most B2B sellers, whether they're manufacturers or distributors, have unique pricing at an account level. They may sell complex products that are configured or bundled. And so there's a lot more interaction with the ERP. So that's, that's one big thing that didn't exist in B2C e-commerce platforms. And those are things that Zenode has solved for with native functionality. And a lot of B2C platforms that are now claiming to be you know, worthy of B2B e-commerce, a lot of that type of functionality is either custom developed on top of the platform, which becomes expensive to develop and to maintain from a code perspective, um, or the actual architecture of the platform wasn't made to easily exchange data back and forth with an ERP. So that's, sure. that's one component. And then the other component is um, B2B e-commerce typically has different needs for more stores. And I'll give you an example. We're working with a manufacturing company from the West Coast. They actually are in the workwear category, workwear and apparel. So they do sell direct-to-consumer. They actually have two different sites for direct-to-consumer. They kind of have a lifestyle brand that sells direct-to-consumer. They have a workwear brand that they have their own direct-to-consumer. And then they have a wholesale division where they, their desire is to stand up stores on behalf of their channels um, that are co-branded so those channels can simply have their end customer log in, place an order, and they can fulfill, the manufacturer can fulfill. And so when they, they started talking with us, they said, you know, we want to run wholesale on Zenode because you can easily, you can easily, we can easily manage multiple stores in Zenode and stand up stores on behalf of our channels. And we said, okay, that makes sense. And that's a B2B2B business model where you're standing up an e-commerce store on behalf of a channel who's selling to another business customer. So that in and of itself is unique, and ma many manufacturers have that need. And then the head of their IT department said, well, I have these two other sites that we're running, and both sites are on very well-known name brand e-commerce platforms. And he said, but now I've got three technology stacks to manage. And he said, since you're a multi-store, could I also put our two B2C brands on one platform, and could I simplify my technology stack? And we said, absolutely, that's the whole concept. They also have another channel where they sell to small independent retailers. And he said, can I also have our other B2B platform sunset, and can we move that onto Zenode? And we said, that's up to you, but that could be part of your digital transformation and your roadmap. So they're essentially going to go from four different e-commerce platforms to one and be able to manage all of that out of one backend administration panel and out of one database, um, each with each store having its own unique theme, its own unique branding, its own unique catalog and pricing. 
And that is the power of Zenode, but the, the bigger power for our customers who are manufacturers and typically bigger distributors is total cost of ownership is reduced significantly, but the ability to get to market fast and manage things more easily and centrally is significantly increased. Got it. No, that's really cool. And and talk to me, I, I know one of the other concepts that, and I want to just touch on it briefly, is this concept of headless. And and some folks from whom are listening to this may, may understand that concept, some may not, um, but particularly as it uh, you know, relates to your platform in, in e-commerce, it's, it's somewhat unique. Do you want to just talk to, to briefly overview of, of what that is and, and how it benefits uh, a B2B e-com purchaser? Uh, yeah, sure. I can touch on it. So headless commerce really is the concept that a platform is completely API driven. And so there's different ways of interpreting that. And because headless is becoming a hot trend in e-commerce, a lot of platforms claim to be headless. And so the way that we see headless at Zenode is that the, the core engine that runs all of the e-commerce functionality is completely surrounded by APIs. And the front-end presentation layer, or the store, is actually decoupled from the core engine and is simply calling APIs to exchange data. So, and as well as the administration console is also calling APIs to exchange data with the core engine. And there's some, some key benefits to that type of architecture. Um, and there's only a couple platforms that have similar architecture to Zenode, but one is that the backend administration console can be completely customized based upon unique business rules of a manufacturer distributor because you're simply calling APIs. It's just another user interface. And that... Two, you can also, or a customer can have any sort of front-end experience they want. Zeno does have accelerator kits to build the front-end. We have a B2B theme and a B2C theme that we offer as part of the product, which gets companies to market fast. Or a company can build their own entire custom front-end that they want in a progressive web app. They could connect it to a machine, like a vending machine, and that vending machine could simply have a catalog of items and exchange data and and reconcile inventory through Zenode. So it offers a lot of flexibility in what can be done with the presentation layer. Um, the other unique thing then is that it's a lower total cost of ownership. So that core engine, because it's surrounded by APIs, Zenode offers quarterly functional and feature updates that can be consumed very easily by internal IT departments or working with a, a digital agency like Fjorge. And those once those updates are applied, they can simply reattach the APIs and go back out to market with new functionality without having to go through an expensive upgrade path, which is right. one of the bigger pains that we see a lot of customers have with more traditional monolithic e-commerce platforms. Yep, yep, for sure. No, those are all, that's a really good high-level view of what we think is so impressive about it and and, and why it's a it's a really good platform. So thank you for kind of giving that overview so we can share that with others and, and, and do all those sorts of things. So, um, but Tom, we could talk about this these things for hours and you and I already have. So um, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today on Mind Your Own Marketing Business. Again, want to thank Tom Fleurl from Omla Commerce for joining us. Um, you can find his organization at amla.io, that's A-M-L-A, 
And thank you again to our listeners for joining us. You can download episodes of our program by going to fjordsdigital.com slash mind your own marketing business or subscribing to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud and iHeartRadio. Really appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for joining us. Amen.